right, welcome back to Ducks and Pucks. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And uh, we also have one of our other writers, Phil, on the show. Say hi to everybody, Phil. Hey. <laughs> so it'll be us three on uh, this week. We'll be talking about the last two games. Uh, we got some interesting stuff to cover this week. The uh, the no-goal call that uh, you know everybody in the world was uh, getting upset over in Calgary. Uh, a little bit of line toss action going on uh, after game four that uh, I think some of you might have missed or you might have seen. And uh, we're going to cover that. And we'll also look around the league uh, to the other couple series that are still going on and get you up to date on those as well. Uh, let's go back to game three, Eddie. And, um, you know, the Ducks came into this one uh, ahead 2-0 in the series. Uh, we knew Calgary was going to come out strong, and they did. They uh, came out with that first goal in the first two minutes. But, uh, you know, the Ducks took control after that, you know, had the 3-2 lead uh, late in the third until, uh, obviously, the no-goal call and then uh, the rally by uh, the Flames in the third and the overtime. Uh, what did you think about the Ducks in this game? Um you know, I think they got away from the from the the game that had won them six games in a row. You know, I think uh, they got out hit by Calgary. They only had 21 hits, and uh, you know, Pujo was mentioning after the game that you know, 21 shots is is a low for the playoffs, and 21 hits is a low. And you know, they, they dominated in the faceoffs, but they, they kind of got away from their game. And you know, I I think that's really it. You know, they they, they controlled the play for you know in the first period they played really well. Uh, a little bit of a mistake by Lindholm in in the uh, the second period on on the power play that leads to Joe Corbon's uh, shorthanded goal, and then obviously the last second goal by Johnny Goodrow is a little bit of a mistake by Lindholm too. I think, you know, like I said, like I said before, just uh, getting away from their game and you know it cost them late. And Phil, what did you think about uh, Game Three? Yeah, you know, it doesn't really help um, when Lindholm will kind of blows a tire, as they would say. Um, because, you know, when he completely spun out, and then that's what led to the goal. So, and then making poor penal- penalties and leading to those goals by uh, Goodrow. And, and you know, it doesn't help when you get those bad penalties. I mean, you can't expect to win every game in the playoffs, but at the same time, you know, stupid mistakes aren't really helping you out either. Yeah, I mean, there were a couple of mistakes there. Uh, you know, obviously, like you said, uh, the shorthanded goal to Colburn there in the second period got Calgary back in the game, tied it up. Uh, you know, Valeski, uh, you know, obviously came back and answered right after that. Um, I, I think the biggest turning point uh, in this game uh, really came on the no-goal call, Eddie. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talk about it. We're going to go into depth about a lot of things that the league uh, will need to do. But uh, in terms of this game, I think that that really uh, – made a big deal because uh, once that goal was taken away, which, you know, most Duck fans know when we have a, a goal call either for or against us, you know, four out of five times we usually don't get a call. So when we got that call, I mean, I was sitting just shocked that it went our way. And obviously so was a lot of other people. But I think uh, that that play fired up the Calgary crowd, fired up their team. And if you, and you noticed uh, from then on, uh, you know, Calgary really took it to the Ducks, Eddie. And I, I mean – we can talk about the refs and some of that too, but I just think it fired up Calgary. Yeah, you, you got to hand it to them for sure on that play because, you know, sometimes you'll you'll see a team just deflate after a, a bad call like that. And, you know, um, obviously we're happy it went our way, but you, you got to say when you look at that angle, and I know it's a hard angle to judge on, on the forty-five degree angle, but it it looks to be in. And you know, Toronto, um, they have the the goalpost cams that they put in this uh, for the playoffs and. Uh, the overhead was obviously not able to be used because of uh, 
the, the uh, crossbar being in the way. So, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, uh, obviously. But I think uh, you know, it, it's it's hard to to blame anybody. You know, Toronto has a, a lot more views than than we have we get to see on TV. And you know, if if they they believe the call is inconclusive, which you know I I do think it crossed the line, but I do also agree with the call. I, I think it has to be a hundred percent conclusive. Um, you know, they reviewed it for a long time and. You know, it's a really controversial play and, and a hard one to judge. What do you think, uh, Phil? Did you think it was over the line, or, or do you think they got the right call, or what's your take? I honestly think that it was over the line. Um, but like you guys said, you know, looking at those angles, it's hard to tell one way or the other. And since there was no conclusive evidence on whether it was a goal or not, I mean, obviously it's going to stand the way that they called it. So, I mean, like, you, you really, like, Maybe you could bring in the coach's challenge into this kind of stuff and try to look into it. But honestly, other than that, I can't really see how you would change it unless you put a, like you say, a uh, a camera on the crossbar. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, that, and that's something that, you know, all three of us talked about before we, we got on the air here doing this is, uh, you know, those two cameras in the pole, Eddie, uh, they, they both look at each other and they said that it doesn't show the ice all the way. So to me, I mean, if you can put it in the pole, then you should put one on the crossbar looking down at the line right there, Eddie. Yeah, we always seem to have this issue on important plays where uh, replay has to come in to see if it crosses the line. Uh, you know, a glove gets in the way or, you know, a pad is, is the same color as the puck or, um, you know, the crossbar is in the way, like on this case. Or, you know, some, something seems to be in the way. And, you know, it's not like you can just put cameras everywhere and tell and, you know, like you said, the, the, there's a little bit of things they could change. Obviously, that overhead and having the crossbar right over the the red line is a uh, is a little bit, you know, confusing to why it would be right there. And uh, you've seen it on more plays than just this one, where the overhead really isn't able to be used because the puck is crossing the line right underneath the crossbar, and you can't see it. And you know, like Phil said, putting a a camera underneath the crossbar could uh, could be the answer but i'm sure they've they've had to have thought of that and there has to be a reason why that isn't a thing i'm, I'm sure you know they just there's no way somebody hasn't thought of that in, in the nhl offices and you know it, it's a hard thing to do you see in uh in soccer where they have the goal line technology and it's a little bit easier bigger net a uh, bigger stadium they're able to uh to track the ball and it's its movements and and see if it's over the line and no, I don't know if anything like that is is plausible for the NHL, but I'm sure it's something they've already looked at. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. The uh, the goal line technology, uh, you know, that'd be something. If I mean, you know, it's 2015, we should be able to figure out something that way to uh, you know improve it when it gets to a controversial play like this. Uh, any other uh, suggestions, uh, Phil, as far as uh, you know, fixing these kind of situations? I mean, I, we talked about goalies, uh, coaches' challenge for next year, but any other uh, suggestions you may have? I mean, it's probably already been thought about, but like you say, it's 2015. So, I mean, you know, there should be at least something that we could come up with where these no goals or goals should be reviewable. Because, I mean, like if you look at, like I say, like if you look at football, like every scoring play is reviewed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and every play is reviewed now, but the problem is, is we don't always have the proper angle. So I think, you know, definitely trying to either fix the overhead, like Eddie said, uh, or putting one in the crossbar, like you said. Um, you know, I also saw a thing, I think it was Sportsnet that put out a, 
uh, kind of an animation of what the puck would look like if they zoomed in. And I know a lot of people saw that and then said, oh, okay, you know, it, it should have been no goal because the puck was on the line. I, I just want to remind everybody, if you go back and look at that uh, animation they did, you know, they're really approximating where the puck was over the line. So you can't go by that and say, oh, okay, you know, the call was right on the ice. Um, you really got to go back to, you know, and Eddie and I talk about this. We review all the calls and, or, I mean, all the goals and um, look at them on NHL.com. But when it comes to these situations, uh, basically, Eddie, it falls back to the original call on the ice. When it's inconclusive, they go back to that. So if they would have called a goal, it would have been a goal. And if they, you know, they called no goal, so it was no goal. Yeah. And you know, that that's really what it comes down to, too, is um, they, they couldn't tell if it was over or not. And, you know, there's that 45 degree angle. And, and I'm sure, like, Sportsnet, when I was watching it here, they, they said it, I don't know how many times, where the 45 degree angle isn't isn't the best angle because it kind of warps where the, the, the way the puck is viewed crossing the line. So, I think, like you said, it has to be conclusive. You know, they spent a lot of time on this to make sure it's an important time in the game because if, if that goal goes in, um, it's a tie game. If it doesn't, uh, Anaheim still got the lead. So, I, I, you know, I think in the end they, they made the right call based on uh, it being a no goal on, on the ice. But if it was a call to goal, then, um, yeah, you, you definitely would have seen it go the other way. You know, and then the second part of this, which I, I thought was interesting, a lot of fans noticed this too, and um, you both can, we can go over this, is, you know, the calls after this. Uh, you know, Anderson got ran into, and uh, the announcer said that it was going to be a, you know, power play, and I even tweeted out power play, and then after the commercial break, they come back and say four on four. Um, you know, you had some fans throwing beer or, or some kind of liquid on the ice. They didn't call delay a game penalty, which I know they don't usually call that, but, you know, they had to stop the game, get the crew out there, and get that off the ice. Um, the overtime, they called that penalty on Stoner, and then it even looked like Kessler touched the puck, and, and that's why you saw Getzloff going off with the refs at the end. Uh, you know, the unfortunate part of this um, that I didn't like, Phil, is that they, they took that call against the Flames, but then it just seemed like they went against the Ducks on most of the calls the rest of the way. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I mean, this whole season has been against the Ducks. I mean, like, these calls that should have been should not have been calls are being calls, and the ones that should are not so like if you look over the season we had plenty of calls that have been like that and you know i i think it's it should have been a penalty i mean if you're running into a goalie like you know it's automatically should be a penalty yeah, and I mean, I think Eddie, you know, the issue there was, you know, basically they they called the initial the initial penalty, but they ended up, you know, evening it up and uh, thought the Ducks were going to have a power play there, and then you know that call against Stoner, we've we've seen people push in front of the net in overtime, and and refs rarely call those kind of calls, Eddie. Yeah, and uh, you know they were looking to I think even it up. Uh, you know the fans were getting on them, and, it, and you have to say that the goal call, um, you know, the the no goal against Sam Bennett was the ref's fault. It's really the guys in Toronto, and I think the the crowd were jumping on the on the refs, and it seemed to to make a difference. And, you know, I don't want to blame the refs for for losing the game. Uh, you can't really blame them for for Vodnin's delay of game um, penalty at the end where he bats it over the the glass. You know that that's his fault, and that's what ultimately gives them the five on three and leads to the goal, but. You know the the stoner penalty um, that would um, led to the goal in overtime, and well, it was the, the the delayed penalty. Sorry, but you know, and and then even the four and uh, the four and four were staging, I guess, the interference on uh, Freddie Anderson, and 
you know, Simon Dupre gets a, a roughing penalty, but a borderline roughing penalty. He kind of just, you know, pushes the guy off and he falls to the ice, and then that's a roughing penalty. It was a, a little bit of a cheap one. I think the refs were just trying to, you know, get the guys off the ice. I don't think they they thought it would lead to a goal, but you know, ultimately that's the, that's what happens. Yeah, and I agree with you. I mean, you know, there's times that uh, you and I have kind of gotten upset at certain calls and stuff like that, but I just want to make clear, I don't blame the refs for, you know, the Ducks losing that um, game three. I, I really don't. I just I thought it was unfortunate because it seemed like there was the no-goal call, and then it seemed like they, because of just, you know, the uh, impact from the Calgary fans, they started calling things more their way. Uh, it just was unfortunate, you know. I mean, even with the Ducks losing the way that they did, I, I wasn't even really that upset. I mean, I, I didn't like some of the calls down the stretch, but like you said, uh, Botnan shooting the puck over the glass was really the killer there because they had that five-on-three with the goalie pulled for the final minute. So that made it tough. But you know what? The good thing about the Ducks is, uh, you know, we go to game four and uh, come out, we get a win in that game, and uh, – you know, the Ducks um, were kind of on their heels in the beginning of this game. Uh, you know, they scored first, but uh, Calgary came out strong. Uh, but the Ducks were able to, you know, get three unanswered goals and, and win this game, Eddie. Yeah, and a couple uh, early giveaways, I think, uh, is, is really what what was hurting us. Uh, obviously, in that Fairland goal giveaway at the blue line, and he's got a free slap shot on, on Anderson. You could probably say he should have had that one, but... You know, it's a tough one, and then Goudreau makes a really good play on, on the first goal, and Monaghan just uh, gets a, an easy tip past uh, past Freddie. So, you know, it was a, it was a rough, you know, first period, a good start, like you said, uh, with Silverberg getting it on the power play. But uh, you know, right after that, and and them, you know, answering 40 seconds later is, you know, is something that we're used to doing um, to the Flames and to the to the Jets in in the playoffs so far, but. Like you said, uh, another good second period. So at least that hasn't followed us into the playoffs. And uh, Bolesky scoring for the fourth game in a row, and you know finally sealing that empty netter. I, I don't have to hear about the Flames being the comeback kids or the cardiac kids uh, up here anymore. Somehow, <laughs> it's hard yeah, somehow the Flames get it labeled as that with the the Ducks having more comebacks and you know, having more one-goal games, but uh, they still call the Flames the comeback kids up here. But at least Patty Maroon iced that. We didn't have to hear that again. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, Phil, uh, your favorite player, uh, Bolesky's been on fire, you know, four goals in four games. Uh, what's impressed you about him and the Ducks in this game? Well, you know, as you put it on the Twitter, like, he just tied Solani with the most consecutive uh, goals throughout the, you know, playoffs. So it's kind of... It kind of uh, makes me happy because, you know, my boy is Bolesky. And, you know, seeing him do well really thinks that, you know, he'll solidify a spot next season. Yeah, and I, I think that's a, a big issue, too, that, you know, Eddie and I talked about, too, is uh, what they're going to do in the offseason. You know, uh, Bolesky, uh, for those of you that didn't know, he tied Solani's record uh, for uh, at least a goal scored in the first four games of the playoff series. Solani did it back 2010-2011 uh, against the Nashville Predators, in which he actually scored six goals um, in that series. But he had one in at least each of the first four games. So if Bolesky gets one tonight, then, I mean, that would be a new uh, club record. But uh, I think it'll be interesting in the offseason, Eddie, to see what happens with Bolesky because you and I talked about, you know, if they weren't going to keep him long-term, they could have traded him and got, you know, uh, several picks or players and and now with the situation you know 
uh, coming up this summer. I, I really hope that they uh, make some kind of a deal and keep him because uh, he's just been outstanding all the way around uh, this season, Eddie. Yeah, you know, he just seems to be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, you, you need guys to step up in, in the series and the playoffs. Obviously, we saw, you know, outside the big three and, and Getzloff and Perry and Kessler, you need somebody to step up. And Silverberg was that guy in, in the first series against Winnipeg. And, you know, Blesky's really been. Um, you know, with his key goals in, in this series and, you know, goals in each of the four, first four games of the series, uh, you know, it, it's been, you know, scoring first and I believe in the first three and then getting this uh, game winner is, you know, those are all key goals and it's going to be interesting, like you said, coming in the offseason. Uh, you know, I think we can all agree Fleischman is probably gone. He was a rental. Uh, I don't think he's going to be resigned uh, unless it's for something cheap and just as a depth role, but, you know, we'll probably see him move on and, and then, you know, that opens the door a little bit for Bolesky, but, you know, you got to think, is, is Richie going to, you know, be able to come out through camp and, and, and earn a spot? And, you know, they're all going to put that in consideration when, you know, his contract comes in and obviously the price that they're going to sign him at because, you know, you got a couple RFAs coming up soon and uh, Silverberg and Lindholm and Vaughn and guys you're going to have to want to sign long term. And you, know, you got to take that all into consideration when you're signing a guy like Bolesky. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean, also, you got to look at the development of the second line. You know, since going back to uh, the third game in Winnipeg, uh, Kessler, Silverberg, and Bolesky have been together on that second line. And they've just been dominant, uh, Phil. I mean, they've played really well. Uh, you know, Bolesky with Silverberg and Kessler has really uh, turned out to be something good this playoffs. Yeah, you know, I really like that second line because um, actually, I feel like that's where we're getting the majority of the scoring from. Because, um, you know, both all of Bolesky and Silverberg and uh, Kessler are all doing really well. So, you know, I, I hate to see them be broken apart. Yeah, I think that that's the line. Uh, you know, I, we've been trying to come up with different names for this line. And uh, uh, a couple of good ones recently was the uh, the second first line, Eddie, which I think is an appropriate title. Yeah, you know, this is why we got Kessler. And, you know, obviously Silverberg and Bolesky have completed that line, but we we needed the guys to help out Gazlaf and Perry and you know uh, I yeah both yeah I believe both of them weren't on the score sheet uh, for the first time in a long time um, last uh, last game in game four and you know Perry only not scoring for the second time uh, in the playoffs so far so you, know, you need guys to step up and and that line stepped up and you know, Bolesky and Silverberg grabbing a lot of points that game Kessler grabbing and and uh, an assist and you know like you said it's the second first line uh, you know a lot of our scoring chances are coming from that line and you know we've got two lines rolling and you know the third line and fourth line chipping in uh, you know on the odd few goals or assists so I I think everything's rolling right now and you know especially with these first two lines. Yeah, I mean, the way it's going now, uh, you know, even the special teams play, you know, we were two out of four on the power play in that last game, and Calgary didn't score at all on the power play. So I think that that was key after, you know, the Ducks couldn't score on the power play there for the last couple games. So that was a big help. Uh, I think, uh, you know, they didn't do as well in the faceoffs this game. Um, you know, they actually uh, uh, had given up uh, two more faceoff draws to Calgary, but they still got it done. Uh, I think the turnovers was the key. Uh, Especially uh, Johnny Goudreau, you know, um, yeah, he's a great offensive player, but uh, I saw him cough off the puck uh, twice on one series and then uh, on the Cogliano goal um, there, uh, Phil. So, I mean, I think that was the key for the Ducks in this game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Johnny Goudreau is, well, I mean, he's very, very good. And we, you know, you have to give him props there. And But, you know, he, all hockey players make mistakes. Um, but 
luckily for us, it you know turned out the way that we wanted it to. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Eddie that turnover that he made in the uh, second period uh, in in this game, like we talked about the no goal in the third game, I think uh, that play in this game was the turning point for the Ducks. Yeah, you got to remember too, though. Uh, he's a young guy. Uh, he's a relatively small guy in the league, and he's playing big minutes. And he's a you know, he's a big piece of this Calgary team, along with uh, Monahan. And you know, he's got that. They've been so good this season because they've got a veteran like uh, like Hoodler on that line, and you know he made a lot of mistakes, and you know, Hartley rimmed him for that in, in in game three, and he comes out and or in game two he comes out in game three and gets the game winner and gets uh, you know a really nice uh, assist on Monahan's goal and. Um, in the in game four, and you know he's stepped up, but you know he's gonna make mistakes. He's a young guy; it's his first year in the league, and you know obviously it benefited us. But you know it, it's hard to it's hard to win uh, when you got young guys like that. But you know they're they're still they're still really skillful, and you you gotta be on your toes. Well, the good thing about tonight is we go back home. Uh, you know, at the end of uh, game four, there I don't know if everybody knew, but uh, some of the Calgary fans. Uh, they, uh, they they gave the Ducks the number one salute. Uh, I don't know if you saw that on the Twitter, but I retweeted out one of those photos. So they they weren't too happy with, uh, you know, uh, us winning, especially uh, Maroon for some reason, you know, with that empty net goal uh, at the end of the game. Uh, he actually got hit in the back with a lime, it looks like, by one of the fans. So you all know about, you know, the Bud Light lime that I talk about, and we always joke about it. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of interesting. You know, I'd rather have the lime uh, in, in the beer, Eddie, than uh, in my back. Yeah, and you, you showed me the pictures before the podcast where um, the lime hit in the back and gets off and Perry, uh, you know, getting a little pissed off. And I, I didn't even see it. I didn't even show that on here. I guess it's, you know, a little hard to, to see, and they kind of cut away uh, on the Sportsnet feed up here. But, yeah, before you mentioned that, I didn't even know about it. I, I didn't even see it on Twitter. Um, yeah, it's but, you know, it's kind of classless. I, I, I'm not going to put the whole Calgary fans in that boat. You know, there was a couple players flipping off uh, in Maroon when he scored. But, you know, to be fair, when the Ducks won and they showed a clip of Monaghan, I flipped them off on my TV too. So I don't really think – I think everybody <laughs> was a little bit happy when they won that game, and obviously they're going to be pissed off. But, you know, when you throw things on the ice, that's – a little bit too far, so I, you know, I think you know, they got to watch for that in, in game. Well, if it gets to game six, I don't think anybody at Honda Center is going to do that. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not labeling all the Calgary fans. I just thought I, I actually thought it was funny. That's why I put out the photo with the Mimi in it and whatnot. I just thought it was a crack up. But uh, yeah, going into tonight, uh, game five. Uh, what do you think we need to do, Phil, to uh, close out this series? We need to win for sure. Um... <laughs> 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 You know, I think if we keep doing what we did last game, I think we honestly will win. And, you know, it's going to be good for winning at home. And, we you know, we're going to face a tough Chicago team. But at the same time, you know, it, it'll be good to see, you know, our boys take it home at home. Yeah, I agree. I think that always makes it a lot better when you win a series and, and you finish it off at home. And uh, I think the key in this is going to go back to the special teams again. Uh, it seems like when the Ducks win the special teams, which has been a majority of the games they win. Uh, and I think the key too, Eddie, is uh, really slowing down the speed of uh, Calgary. You know, the last two games they've come out flying in the first period. And I think if the uh, the Ducks get in, work the forecheck and uh, tire out the flames defense then they'll put themselves in a really good position early in this game yeah i think also we got to score first you know along with tampa bay we're the only teams left in in the playoffs i believe that are 
100% after scoring first. So I think that's a big key for us is, is grabbing that first goal. Obviously, the only game we lost is uh, Calgary scored first. So, uh, you know, get on them early, uh, some, you know, get on the pressure early and and then keep it up, have a strong second period. And, you know, we've, we've scored four goals per game in the playoffs so far, which is which is pretty amazing. And, you know, Freddie comes out and has a strong game. And, you know, it, it's hard to, to bet against the, the record the Ducks have against the Flames in Honda Center. So, you know, I, I think we should be seeing uh, a 4-1 four, four series win after tonight. You know, the only other, uh, I guess, part that comes up with this is, you know, a lot of people have been hitting us up about the lineups as far as uh, Wisniewski coming in and playing or Sekach. Um, what's your take on that, Phil? You, you think the Ducks just roll with the same lineup? You know, uh, obviously Fletchman came in the last game for Eden, but you think they go with something similar or do you think they'll change it up for this game? I honestly think that they'll go with the, with the lineups from last game because we played so well. But, um, I, you know, I really would like to see Wisniewski draw in because – you know, he's a very good offensive uh, D-man, and I really like him as personal, you know, personally, too. So I, I would like to see him come in. But, I, I mean, at the same time, I, I don't really know who he would draw out other than maybe Dupre or Vossenen. Yeah, I think that it's it's hard to say who to take out, Eddie. Uh, I mean, it's I mean, you know, Vatnin didn't have as good of a game last game, but some of the other Ducks defensive players didn't either. Uh, you know, I don't know who you would take out if you brought him in, Eddie. Yeah, it's tough. You know, Dupre has had a pretty good playoff so far. He's got five assists, and you know, he, he throws the body around well. And you know, Boschman, you're not going to take him out. You're definitely not going to take Lindholm. And you know, even though Vatnin struggled the last few games, he still has seven points. So I don't think you're going to take him out either. And you know, normally we would say you take out Stoner, but I think you know, having all these guys offensively, um, it, it's nice. It gives you know guys like Vatnin and Lindholm and Fowler confidence to go forward if they're playing out there with Stoner that he's going to be back there and and he's going to be defensively responsible. So I think it's hard to put Wisniewski in. I think. You know, I think realistically, you you could take out Dupre and um, and play Wisniewski on the right side, so you have another right-handed shot if if you see a problem. But I, you know, right now there is no problem, and you know, I think you just got to stick with, with with what's working right now. You've only lost one game so far, and you know, if we get into this, we wouldn't get the game tonight, and you get into the series against Chicago, and you see we're struggling, uh, you know, getting the puck out of his own, or you know, you, you know, maybe putting another right-handed shot is what we'll need, but you know. As of right now, I think you just got to keep it the way it is. Yeah, and I think we all agree on that. I mean, I think that's that's the way it's going to be. I mean, at least going into this game, uh, not to look too far ahead, but if we do take them out, take out the Flames out in this game, we go to Chicago. Uh, then I'll be interested to see uh, what'll happen. You know, whether or not Sekach or uh, Wisniewski come in in that series, Phil. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I think not. I think Chicago actually on their top line has a lot of speed so i think that if you draw sick hatch in then you know it might help us out in the speed way and uh same with wisniewski too he has a lot of speed and like eddie said you know he has a right hand shot so if we need him we have him yeah exactly i mean the, the good thing is with the ducks eddie and we talked about this too is the depth of this team uh you know being able to basically play almost two series and have, you know, three or four of your guys sit out. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's a huge advantage because if any of these guys, you know, we don't hope anybody gets injured, but if, you know, God forbid something happens to somebody, we've got plenty of players that can come in and step in. Anyway. Yeah. And, and not just, you know, 
regular players. You got capable players. You got a guy in Wisniewski who was, you know, the best defenseman in Columbus when he when he came over. And you know, Yuri Sekach is a, is a great young player, and you know, Fleischman being able to step in and, and take that role from Edom and play well. And you you got guys who can come in and 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 you know fill that spot equally, if not do a better job at times. And you know, I, and and the way you know this line I specifically put together is done is has been pretty impressive. I know we're a little scared when. You know, when the finals first got announced, we're like, well, Sakach isn't in, and Wisniewski isn't in, and Fleischman's sitting, and, you know, then two separate, you know, two really different series, a really physical battle against Winnipeg, and, you know, Calgary, a lot faster, younger, speedier team, and, you know, being able to, to go up 3-1 against them, and, you know, like Phil said, going against Chicago, who's a fast team as well, uh, you know, and they, but they've split up. Uh, Taves is on the first line. And I believe Kane's on the second line. Uh, but you know they've got so many weapons as well. Sharp and Hosa. I think that's going to be the the real big challenge. But you know you, I I don't think you change it up at least for game one. You you know you got game one in in Anaheim. You see how that goes. Uh, you know, but we're getting ahead of ourselves right now. We still got, we still got the game tonight. Still got to close out the series. And but you know looking ahead, I think uh, I think you just got to keep it the same at least for game one. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about uh, the other series going on in the league, too. Uh, you know, obviously the Blackhawks are done. They've already beat uh, the Wild in four games. But uh, you go to the East, and, uh, you know, it looked like Tampa Bay was going to run away and beat uh, Montreal out, and it looked like Washington was going to beat New York. And here we are, you know, uh, both of them going to game sixes. Um, what do you think, Phil? Do you think Tampa Bay uh, takes out uh, Montreal still? Do you think uh, uh, Washington's going to take out New York? Uh, honestly, I think that... Uh, I, well, actually, I thought that Tampa Bay would take the series in four. Um, you know, they looked really good, and Montreal's coming back. And uh, when you look at the other series, you see that the Rangers are starting to come back. So, I mean, I, honestly, I'd hope the Rangers would win, but, you know, at the same time, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, and... Uh... Eddie, what do you think? You think Tampa Bay and Washington close it out, or do you think uh, New York and Montreal can rally in these series? Yeah, you don't know. It's it's, it's anybody's series. You know, um, technically these two teams are you know upsets with quotation marks around them. The number two seeds bumping out the number ones, but uh, the two big games here for the Habs and and for the Rangers are away from home. Uh, Tampa's got the the game on Tuesday in Tampa, and and Washington obviously playing in Washington tonight. Um, you know, I think if any team is more likely to close it out, I think it, I'd have to say it's Washington. I like how they've played so far. And I think, you know, at home, I think they can close it out tonight with the play of Holtby. But, um, you know, the, the Habs uh, and the Lightning is, is a different story. I think, you know, in game four, they finally scored some goals. Obviously, they pumped six past Bishop. And you, know, you don't see Montreal score a lot of goals. Their power play is just terrible. I believe it's like 6% in the playoffs. And, and then last night you got a completely different game where Price and the defense stood up and you know you scraped out a two to one win. But you know we've seen them try and do that. You, know, you can only do that for so long, and that's why they went down three nothing in the first place. You know only four teams have come back from down three zero. I think if Tampa doesn't take it tonight, it'll be really interesting. But I still think Tampa will take the series. 
Yeah, I, I think Tampa will take it. Uh, you know, uh, some guy named uh, Smith Pelly had a big goal uh, in that last game. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. that people forgot about him, but uh, you know, he had a big goal in that game to get uh, you know Montreal that win and get him back to three two. But I, I think you're right. I, I think Tampa is still going to win this series. Um, you know, unless they lose tonight, then yeah, of course, then we go to Game Seven, and as we have experienced ourselves, anything can happen in Game Sevens. Um, and Washington, it looks like Washington's going to take out New York, uh, which that was the biggest surprise to me. Um, uh, you know, I mean, Washington, I knew is a good team. Obviously, you got a Vetchkin with his 50 plus goals. You can't count them out. But uh, those are both going to be interesting ones to see. And you know, obviously, um, been watching those games before our Duck game, and we'll see what happens. But uh, just uh, you know, we'll come back uh, probably in the middle of the week uh, or whenever this series is over, and we'll preview. Um, you know, hopefully, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but you know, hopefully, we win and uh, um, we'll preview the next uh, Western Conference uh, final series. Um, just want to give a big thank you to everybody that went to the watch party. Um, got a lot of good photos from that. Um, glad everybody was able to go. Um, it didn't rain, so it worked out good. And, uh, even Phil went and got, uh, you know, the ducks logo, uh, cut in the back of your hair, uh, on the, on the back of your head there, uh, Phil. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, you know, Vinny, the barber sure, sure knows how to do his, you know, do his work. Uh, he got a, he got a huge line and basically it took me into the second period waiting for a haircut but you know <laughs> it, it was it was honestly pretty cool and then you know my dad's like oh it's not gonna it's not gonna rain watch and unfortunately i didn't wear my jersey but you know because i thought it was gonna rain but it like it rained right after the game was over which is pretty cool yeah i think it worked out for everybody uh, and i think that was a good event i like how the ducks do the uh, the watch parties at honda center i was i was really happy when they built the uh that terrace level and added the two big screens so it's always good to see everybody out there and you know we'll always keep uh, telling everybody when the game uh, when they'll have those again uh, i believe you know again don't want to get ahead of myself but uh it'll be round uh in the next round it'll be game uh four um at home uh or i mean at uh, honda center when they're away that they'll show the next one but obviously we'll post all that info and um just the last couple things here just want to say a happy mother's day to everybody out there um i hope you all have a good mother's day uh, leading up to the game and also happy birthday to the captain ryan getzloff um you know uh, hopefully he uh puts in a few goals tonight and carries the team into the next round um we also have our uh, shirt that we're offering uh, for a 15%. I don't know why I came up with 15%, but a 15% discount. Um, so if you go on our website on dnphockey.com, just enter in the word GETS on checkout, and you'll get that uh, discount on the shirt. And um, that's going to wrap it up. Just remember to uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, you can get us on there. You can get us on uh, YouTube. Uh, we've also put ourselves on a couple other sites like Spreaker, um, and tune in and a few others out there so you can look for us around there and uh, we'll be back uh, hopefully before next weekend thanks for listening